The, the kit is three aerosols. Yes. This conversation would be so much funny if someone had a Northern Irish accent. <laughs> if it's pits, pits. Oh, I want to play golf. Yeah, for, oh, I love golf. I remember when we could I go out and golf. play golf. I remember we could go outside. Oh, those were good times. Um, I haven't washed a car in like two months. I don't, I, I, I don't I, even I know don't how know. to detail anymore. <laughs> Not that I did. I um, tripped over a polisher earlier. I was wondering what it was. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this podcast. Is this the first podcast of 2021? It feels like the first podcast of the last 10 years. Oh, yes. I think Jan- January was about 600 days long this year, so yes. it doesn't help. Is it not January anymore? No, it's February as of yesterday, I believe, I think. Um, well, anyway, we are here to discuss issue 12 of the Pro Detailer magazine in detail. Uh, we have browsed over it midway. We did a podcast as we were halfway through writing it, but none of us can remember it because none of us were sleeping much at the time. I don't really remember the magazine anymore, to be fair. It's <laughs> quite a while ago. Um, well, I, I do. We've been shipping out. We've shipped over half of our print run, um, which is great. And uh, we're really chuffed that it's been so popular. And particularly this year in Japan. We sold 450 copies to Japan so far, so that's, that's Konnichiwa. pretty exciting stuff. Um, anyhow, we are joined by the old favourites here. Uh, we have James. Hello. We have Ian. Hi, hi. And uh, we're hi, hi. basically going to just walk our way through issue 12, all 136 pages of it. And any time that there's an article that we particularly individually have something to say about it, we will sort of interject and, and get involved. Yeah, be think, quite quick. think this is the director's cut. Quite a quick one, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know how many of you have actually read issue 12, hopefully quite a lot of you. Nope. Um, <laughs> um, but in terms of where we want to start, I was thinking in terms of the new products, um, first of all, I just want to lead with an apology because we cocked up, frankly. Um, there is a product called Jewel Ultra Shine and Seal and Shine, rather. Um, and uh, we listed it at 300 mil for 24.99, which is entirely wrong. It is 500 mil for 11.99. Uh, big apologies to Jewel Ultra for that. Um, and they were very decent about it as well, which makes all the difference. Um, but in terms of other products that have uh, wooed us, we did an interesting one, which was uh, glass polish, which we'll come on to later in this issue. But Soft 99 have a glass polish in there. Uh, we have various others, a FlexiPads headlight restoration kit. FlexiPads, anyone want to hazard a guess where it's based? Or have we already covered this? Because it was a big surprise and we're still reeling from it. Well, I oh, sorry, you're asking us? Yes. Okay, yes. Well, we, we, we know the answer now, so it's yeah. a bit, bit of a giveaway. Well, can you, as the listener or, or the watcher who listens, uh, say the answer is? now? Bristol. Beep, Bristol, southwest of England, Bristol, yeah. um, which is not far Here. from us. I mean, we for go there reason, for For some reason, they're not one of the top names on the brands that we all go for for detailing products, and they are the largest supplier of OEM, sorry, the largest OEM supplier of pads. Yeah. They're the largest supplier of pads to OEMs. There you go, got there eventually. Did they invent <laughs> tack rags? They did invent the tack rag. How crazy is that? It's bizarre, isn't it? Um, so we... Yeah, we just stumbled across it. Um, but I always assume they were American because their packaging is very Americanized. It's got really cool sort of... Half, um, half Velcro sort of yeah. strips here at the top. Yeah, the Velcro's all molded with the bag sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they're based in Bristol and they supply most car factories mm-hmm. with pads. Um, and I do think that there was a UK reseller of it. I won't mention who it was, but clearly that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who was that? Mouth it to me. Mouth it to me. Oh. Anyway, so that was a thing. We need a sound effect for that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you know that today uh, Ian is at the mixing desk, so expect delay and very ironic sound effects. Um, in terms of other new products of interest um, just a quick shout out really Envy Car Care bought out a ceramic coating called uh, Alloy Armour there's also paint ceramic coatings he's getting some really good reviews on that yeah Yeah. well it's no surprise really I mean all of his products are they're good dependable products at a fair price exactly what they need to be yeah Yeah, nothing more nothing less you know you want you want a good whatever you go for in the range and that's exactly what you get yeah you know you don't get fancy packaging you don't get any of the marketing bs that comes with most of this stuff on the market now it is literally this is what it is this is what it does this is how much it costs yeah and the cost is definitely one of the most reasonable for the bulk products absolutely and what i like is although there are a couple brands out there that are supposedly detailer led um, you know, Tim's not pretending to be a chemist or doing it, but he is getting lots of different versions, testing them, refining them, developing them over a number of years in, in some cases. So um, of all the detailer-led brands, it's certainly certainly impressing me. Um, Didn't he used to do something in nuclear research or something? It was one of those. I think it was Porton Down. It, used to, it was either nuclear or biocidal or something like that, but it was, it was, it was pretty extreme. He's yeah. he's actually only twenty nine years old, even though he looks possibly thirty five. I was about to say all the all the chemicals do glow in the dark, which is really handy when you're doing nighttime washes. It, yeah, so that's do, true. So does Tim. Which yeah. is great, <laughs> great news on a night out. Um, uh, another interesting set is actually I'd say is Cochamie at the moment is doing some interesting. They've brought out a wax, which is not cheap, um, but it's to my knowledge certainly the first in a while that they're bought out, as well as a ceramic coating. Now they've always relied on one K Nano as their sort of LSP of sort of machine on lsp but with the ceramic all round you get a whopping great big um bottle i can't remember what it is but it's 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 something like 75 milliliters it's, in 100, fact. Mil. it's a 100 mil bottle but i don't know okay. how much is in it um i love it yep. i think it looks great ian hates it why does ian hate it i didn't he know ian hates he doesn't it. like the way it looks. i don't like the branding <laughs> i'm sure the product's perfectly perfectly uh perfectly i love good, it but i love it i like it i think i love it because they used to do all of bmw's yes. like showroom <laughs> You know, the aftercare kits that you get when you bought a brand new car. Yeah. So the packaging looks great for me. Uh, that's cool. And uh, another one with fun packaging is Soft 99. We've got quite a lot of interesting products. We've tried to pick the sort of slightly wacky, wacky products. So we've got a, a, a matte cleaner, which is a um, trigger spray bottle that comes with uh, essentially a butch tooth a toothbrush. Um, butch toothbrush, should we use that phrase? Probably not. Um, and it's for doing your fabric seats with a toothbrush. It's, it's, is... it's a matte cleaner. Matte cleaner. <laughs> yes. Wait. There's Sonics have uh, <laughs> Sonics have hit the market with their ceramic, if we can call it that. Uh, Evo two, yes. Yeah. So they've completely ignored all health and safety. Uh, what should we say? Have they? Well, they haven't ignored health and safety, but they've ignored the sort of wants and needs of professional detailers because it's an aerosol. Yes, I there is. We've a... grown out of aerosols in twenty twenty. Well, they've reduced the aerosol count. I think there is an aerosol element, isn't there? To see, because their old one was CC thirty six, which was aerosoled, which stood out in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, the, the, the kit is three aerosols. Yes. This conversation would be so much funny if someone had a Northern Irish accent. <laughs> now you get aerosoled. 
No Northern Irish accent. Yeah, sorry, I was like <laughs> Turkish or something. Poor show. Um, uh, we're also getting some Gen 2 products through from Labo Cosmetica already. So they've updated their Derma Leather Cleaner and Omnia, which is a sort of interior cleaner. Um, I, was just, I was just about to say, we've got a lot of ceramics in this section, and that's because it it's is the, the ceramic section. section. Yes. <laughs> Definitely watched what we were doing. Um, and the big thing with the Derma and Omnia sort of 2.0 is it's got... Uh, things that kill viruses and bacteria in there and they've got an interesting video which is worth watching on their YouTube uh, where they actually demonstrate they've got a fancy piece of kit that monitors essentially dirt I, I can't remember exactly the details of it but it's it's a clever piece of kit so that's worth watching um, a quick mention of all the super amazing cool um, Japanese packaging that's featured in this one as well because yes. we've got a we got a um, giant box full of yeah, stuff we've got a pallet airlifted in from Japan <laughs> full of amazing oddities um I think the smooth egg is my favourite. I still don't know what it is. So, yeah, I'd, I've been oh, wearing it for a week, though, and it's... Now, wearing it, because I tried inserting it, and that, that didn't go so well. That's um, probably why it isn't that great to wear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lefty-loosey, righty-tighty, remember that. Um, Went to school with her. <laughs> other things... Oh, another amendment that I managed to cock up on is the um, CYR chenille wash mitt, we called it, and it's not. It's a wash pad. However, the, the, however there's no sponge in it, to be fair. There is no filling in it. And this is one thing that we have noticed. It's not a so really critique a, as such, but really, it's a wash mitt just without the opening at one end. Yes, we would we would say that a wash pad would have the padding inside to it. make it the pad. So basically, it's a wash. It is a wash. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Now. It's just it's a very chenille. good. It's very good though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I mean I like a good noodle. Um, as, it's quite as large and weighty as well. It's nice. Yeah, big large weighty noodle. That's how. It, that's what I like in my hand. A lot of people are going a bit mad for that. Um, uh, the pad that he's got out at the moment. What's that called? Oh, mm. it's got a funny name, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got yeah. a funny name. I can't remember. Deborah. No. Something, but I agree. Yeah, no. It's, I should it's, get one of those in for the next issue. So the networks. Um, one thing we're going to try as well is a detailing wand, which is an interesting new thing. We don't know if the principle will work properly. We're going to give it a, a proper a proper go before the next issue. But imagine a sort of a, uh, a rigid stick upon which there is a sort of a microfiber condom that goes over it. Um, it's a wheel woolly without the woolly, and instead it has a sheath. A sheath, but it's an interchangeable sheath, microfiber sheath. It's a wheel willy. Wheel willy. Wheel yeah, that's one. Well, I, I, I had a, um, I, I, I was, I was chatting with a guy who sort of invented about names, and it was something a bit. I ended up with something quite phallic, but I can't remember what it is now. Oh, I, I was really chuffed with it, but yeah, I'm, I'm now yeah. I can't remember. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't like that Scottish. good. Huh? Phallic. Phallic. No, sorry. Yeah, not Gaelic. Phallic. Or Gaelic. Those, or Gaelic. God knows. The Lake Country Batfight looks pretty cool. It um, does. I, I had a touchy-feely session with that, and, and I, I enjoyed it. The price alarms me, because I'm a cheapskate. There is that, and there was that one which Starnagloss bought out, which was remarkably well-priced in contrast, which mm -hmm. was a... Uh, that's more of a boot bag. This is a rucksack. That's the difference. This is a padded, custom-built rucksack with a very cool lining, so... Well, it's mainly that it's got the shock-proof base, so if you are... Yeah. Carrying for some reason, carrying your Udos around... I was, I was just going for plastic bottles. You know, you used to have a plastic bottles in your bottom of your rucksack. You drop it on the ground and suddenly everything smells of turtle wax. But it's looking confused because he used to take a carafe. <laughs> <laughs> carafe a plump, please. Um, it, goes in, it goes in the wooden trunk, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be amiss for me to say it's quite a good way of carrying explosives? Yes, it probably, that would probably be inappropriate. But yeah, I mean, if you were carrying It's a terrible explosives. way of carrying explosives. You well, want no, to carry explosives on your back. Well, you give it to somebody oh, else to no. carry on their back. Oh, I see. Okay, well, we could go down a rabbit hole here that turns We've out podcast into something We've already gone. Let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> Foxhole. 
Um, Shoal clay pad was also interesting. Um, yeah, we still haven't tried that yet. Yeah, we need we to. We are yet to give that a good going over. Um, it intrigues me because I feel like if um, if it works how they say it works, um, it should save quite a mm. ton of time, especially on cars with heavy contamination as well. Things like cars up in parts under uh, suppy trees. Yeah, or yeah, or paint splatter. Yep, uh, twenty pounds each though. They're, I wonder how long they'll last. That'll be the mm. thing if they if they do last. Especially considering that um, was it liquid elements that had clay pads a while back. They've somebody else, somebody else has even Megs bought out clay pads. Yeah, maybe, point. and they they were significantly cheaper. That's quite yeah. a few on the market. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if that's. I want to get my hands on the new Rupert sander too. So that we do a side by side, head to head with the flex sanders that we've got here. The filter does look remarkably similar. There is a similarity. What are you trying to say? Absolutely nothing. I don't think Germany and Italy would ever collude, would they? I mean, it's never happened. But oh, 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 yeah, no. The, well, I mean, it was incredibly efficient when they did it before. Yeah, no, it's good. The trains ran on time. Um, okay, we've got the war jokes out of the way. Um, I'm quite enjoying the SGCB floor mat holders as well. They're quite it's a catchy fun. name. Mm -hmm. it, it it is. It's you've you, you've got it wrong for starters. It's SGCB. It is. I thought that's what I said. No, you said BC. Oh bollocks! I, well, the thing is, I'm dyslexic, and so a word like that really really upsets me. Um, and I, I but anyway, I like the build of them, and I think they could be quite fun. And I'm eternally trying to find somewhere to hide my mats or hang my mats rather. Um, and if I had two thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds, I'd rather like the Rupes Nevis Professional Air Purifier as well. Yeah, you mm. could, you could, um, you could come out of retirement of smoking cigarettes and just sit next to that. No oh. one ever know. And it would literally remove the evidence. Hey, I wonder awesome. if would it removes my lungs as well. Yeah, yeah. We could, uh, if hey, we, don't if, inject bleach though. Well, if we modified the Lake Country rucksack to mount that, what I imagine is a hundred kilogram box onto the back. Ba you basically, you've got a Focus ST, money wise. <laughs> yes, and it'd probably be more useful to be yeah, fair. Well, there is that. There is that. The, the air purifier, not the Focus. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Flex Impact wrench also on there. We actually managed to use that. Yeah, yeah, if you want to stop the world from turning, set yeah. it to undo. That's put a bolt on the floor. Incredibly powerful. Yes. I mean, you, have, uh, you, think, do, you do have to have a three quarter inch socket set to go with it or I do, step down like we used. <laughs> I do feel like it is slight overkill for what we would need in this industry, but we are it's very, very, lucky. very heavy. Isn't yeah. We're very lucky that Flex gave it to us. Yeah, it weighs a ton. It does weigh a ton, but didn't we use it on the Renault or something recently? When we used we... it on the Renault to get the wheels off, but that was just because we couldn't be bothered to put it back on the ground <laughs> to use a breaker bar. So we found no, you used it when we did the springs on my Audi, though. We did, actually, and they were extremely tight nuts. Mm. Um, As in the, the, the normal Flex impact wrench we normally use. Oh, well, if we can hear something, it's just because we're now being deluged yeah, by, ah. by a monsoon. Um, to be fair, though, the Flex 3.8's impact wrench is also extremely good, and that's the yeah. one we use the most downstairs. Yeah. Um, but if you've got thick wrists, you can use the bigger one. Um, and the, then uh, Detail Guard Scrub and Pump, my favourite name pronounced of late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yes, I, it, it's an effective piece of kit. Well, we think it's an effective piece of kit. There's a great video of it online, but we haven't actually had a chance to do it with clear buckets because all our buckets are opaque. So it's something we're going to put to the test in the future, but it's an interesting concept, should we say. Yeah. Garage-style hexagon lighting, it seems to be the most popular... Yeah, it's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. I will say this, though. I've spoken to people that have fitted it, and it's definitely not a working light system. It's definitely a, a handover showroom light, showroom yeah. light yeah. system. Um, it doesn't give enough. If anything, it actually 
because of the amount of light sources, it actually makes life quite difficult. Um, but it looks cool. It does look very cool. Yeah. You know, if you've got a really fancy workshop and handover area, you know, thousand quid. Yeah, it's it, going to transform the look of the place. It really will, and it, it kind of it reminds me of those, you know, those um, electric. Well, I presume they're winches, some form that pull the car covers off for the reveal of the car, and you hide oh, them behind the car. Air, sh- air, air shroud. shroud. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that? I know that somebody's got the rights to it in the UK. Have they? Yeah, so we'll say those covers that suck themselves off. No. (laughs) You'll say that. The covers that winch into a unit. That would be the one. From a handover point of view, they're completely pointless in the real world, but from a handover point of view, they're very fun. If if, if I've just spent five days detailing a car and you propose that someone's going to drag a sheet across it, I don't care how clean you think that is. There's still a risk. The last place it touches before it goes away is the ground. Yes. yes. So as long as you're the very first car that ever uses it, you're fine. Um, before that, we go any further on, yes. we come to the end of that section, I just want to jump back. Because we missed out the whole news section, yes. which at the time was news, now it's slightly older. But just to mention Haynes again. Oh, yes. Because yeah, so. the last time we did the podcast, we just found out about this, but we couldn't say anything because we were, we were under a non-disclosure job. Yes, well, we? I'd, I'd been told through back channels and told whatever you do, don't tell anybody. So immediately went and told Ian. But apart from that, we kept it reasonably stum. Yeah. Um, and then I went and cried in a corner because we were commissioned by them to write a book. Um, and uh, we actually had it finished in May time. Um, and uh, then the turnaround said, well, because COVID and stuff, we're not going to publish until uh, the following year, possibly at Christmas. And then I got a call midway through the mag saying, uh, yeah, just a heads up. The whole, it's just been bought out by a French company in the summer. And they said, whatever happens, we're going to keep the print side going. Um, and so all the guys at the print side were kind of reassured. And then in November, they, and they around, lied. Yeah, in November they turned around and said, "Actually, we've had a change of mind, and you're all fired." Um, so guys who've spent literally thirty years working at the company have just been sort of turned around and summarily removed. Um, so and somewhere there's a local newspaper that has got some ends, very highly qualified. The article people. will end with just doing refitting is the reverse of removal. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no more Haynes guides. That's yeah. sad, isn't it? Which it is really is sad. sad. Um, you know, I, I did expect them to start having to go over to more digital versions eventually, but the I was expected the, they would they'd carry on making them. The yeah. way I the way I saw Haynes going was having each manual as a subscribable YouTube series. So for my BMW, there would be um, a E34 BMW 5 series. And I'd have to pay to view the full channel mm-hmm. and all of the sections and all of the jobs would be a short video. Because cool. for me, I mean, I'm, I'm reasonably handy with spanners, but I always use YouTube because it's much easier to see how somebody else has done it successfully before trying to do it yourself, possibly unsuccessfully, to work out the right way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where Haynes should have been. But they are... Let's face it, the most common job you look up in Haynes is how, how easy is it to change the clutch? And once you have a look at it, you go, no, sorry, yeah, I'm not taking a look Not unless you've got an old Vauxhall with a swing box on it. Well, I was bought a Haynes. There's a, for, there's a bolt at the, belt, the top of the bell housing. I was bought one for Christmas about Subaru Legacy. It's about specifically my generation of which is I it got just don't? Two. No. In big letters it, on the first it, page. It doubles up as a soak away. <laughs> I, I can say this now because I feel less bad about saying it, but there are tons of mistakes. They said they didn't. They Oh, I, I, I went through error check the Haynes manual on Subarus and that's that's kind of the sort of idiot that I am really um, but yes to be fair when a troubleshooting section is that big then there's going to be mistakes <laughs> in there yeah it's the a, it a fifth volume I was still going can we just um, apologise for the letter X in the news as well 
what what did we do as a letter? Well, X? we 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 scoured the whole world to find an X, and in the end, we had to do Xanos, which is Sonax backwards because they're seventy this year. That that yeah, that was a bit desperate. I'm, I'm not it? apologising for anything. I, I I'm especially Xanos not apologising for using ZZ Top at the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, without, hu- without humour, we haven't got a magazine. <laughs> Um, no, that's true. And I'm just trying to think if there's anything else from the new airs, which was... was in, well, anyway, hang on, let's finish off the Ains thing. Still, still that... need to try the graphene tire dressing from Adams. I haven't yes. got any graphene tyres. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, we'll let's just put that on ice until we get some graphene tyres, and yep. then we'll come back to it. Um, the Anyway, the upshot from the Haynes thing is the book that was supposed to come out with Haynes. Uh, we have managed to buy, well, get back the rights, and we shall be releasing at some point in 2021. But well, don't put a date on it. We'll so be releasing it at some point. At some point. 2021 is this year, by the way. Yes, I know. You sure? Well, I know. No, it's not, because we're just writing off 2020 and starting again. Oh, so it's 2020 dash it's 2020. Dash two. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all cool. Um, Go away and do it again properly. Right, <laughs> um, let's get back anyway. Uh, shall, we have, shall we have a little interlude? For that an minute? interlude, yes. So, next on the list of the magazine walkthrough, we have our little interview with Kelly Harris. I'm not going to go into much detail here because we have all four interviews now live on YouTube. So, head over to the Pro Detailer Magazine channel and you can watch and listen till your heart is content uh, to all his wit and wisdom. Um, The next article on the list is the concise Encyclopedia. Now, this is a masterpiece created by none other than James. Um, So I think I might hand over to James to talk a little bit about it. The biggest um, development we've seen over the years with pads really has been the shape of them. I mean, it's a bit of a... I don't want to use the word snake oil, but I've said it now. Gimmick? Yeah, gimmick, marketing. Um, You know, when I first started polishing, the, the choices were... A polishing mop, sponge mop, with the backing plate stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And then as I sort of um, moved on a bit, I think 3M was the first sort of weird, wacky pad that I saw, which is actually the one we featured, yes. which is their Perfectit range. But it, it was when we were looking at the heavy cut test in issue uh, 11. 11, yeah. It was interesting to see how many different pads or pad styles we were sent across. Um, so I thought it would make quite a good... Mm, and there are so many variations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we haven't even covered all of them in here. Um, there are still others that we're missing. Um, I think we've got... Did we manage to get it in in the end? Are you thinking the Dodo? Yeah, the Dodo. Yeah, well. I think that arrived shortly before the magazine did back from the printers, so yeah, I don't so think we, we did. to leave it out. Yeah, we put a lovely photo of yourself mirrored in the side of Ian's alley, in fact. Yes. In its place. Um, I like I like the wood panelling on this. Yeah, mm. and it didn't make it too I difficult to read. thought it suited the leather-bound book. It's mahogany. Yes. Rich mahogany, actually. Is it? It's like to veneer every single page. Because <laughs> that, 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 to me, looks like dyed pine. I think you'll find it's actually burnt oak. Burnt oak, is it? Okay. I used to drink in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was really interesting for me. Um, we or I decided that we would go with the manufacturer's descriptions. Where available. Where available. The reason behind that is because we... It's difficult for us to say that there is a definitive purpose for each style of pad. 
apart from the obvious ones between the wool and the microfiber yeah. and the denim pads. With the foam pads, there are some that we know the reasoning behind it, like the trapezoid pads and also the curved pads, because we've spoken to Svizzer, we've spoken to Rupers, we've spoken to Flex, who have the curved pads. Mm-hmm. So we know the technology behind it, we know how it works. But some of the others, like CCS, the Lake Country ones, the Shoal Spider pad, it's their description would be better than us trying to interpret what they see the benefits as being. Yeah, and it's very much as what, you know, their claims, because we, and we're and we in danger of being subjective on these things. Yeah. And unless we're actually doing side-by-side comparisons and very specific things, we we don't really have a right to be subjective about it. Um, as the one who edited this article, I did go through, and we have quoted verbatim, but there are some, particularly you bring up the Lake Country pad, which had... Um, an awful lot of repetition of the term CCS. So I went through, I think James removed quite a few of them and I removed even more of them. <laughs> um, but then there were other things like, and again, things like a hole in the middle. We've talked to Flex and Rupes about holes and they both unsurprisingly have different opinions on them. Yeah, except one has carried out testing with evidence and one hasn't supplied it. Yes. So uh, we're not going to say which is which, but no. we know that there is a difference between having a, a cooling sensor hole, we'll call it. Yeah. That probably gives away the, the game. But having a sensor hole and not having a sensor hole, there is a difference in heat transfer, in heat buildup, and yes. in degradation of pad. Um, to be fair, all we've heard is the reasoning from one why one they... Party. Why yeah. they don't use it. Yeah. Whereas it may be different from the others that do use it. Yeah. So, again, we haven't spoken on that because... Yeah. Whereas conversely, we were talked when we talked to Fizzer about it because uh, they his background Detlev who who runs Fizzer his background is in kind of pad creation on behalf of OEMs and these mm. kind of fixer side of things, and he took a he had quite a cynical approach to all the different patterns and shapes and colours and stuff like that. Which is it. ironic because they've released about <laughs> seven different pad ranges <laughs> yes. now. But again, it's it's catering for the market. Yeah, and a lot of these are giving something new or different to detailers because we know that detailers are you know they're so impressionable with new products yeah um vulnerable you know, to the as, marketing as, men. yes you know somebody who's worked within kind of within the retail side of this industry yeah it's very easy to sell a new product yes. rather than trying to convince somebody on an existing product yeah so if you go to someone and say, oh, you know, this has been out for three years, you should try it, it's much more difficult than saying, hey, this is brand new. Yeah. It's better than all these others because there's that there, there's no... There's novelty factor. And, and there's no historic sort of, oh, well, such and such, he's tried it and he said it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, so but a lot of the, some of them are really cool. Um, my favourite, amazingly, is a completely unknown one, which County Detailing Supplies sent us for free. Mm-hmm. Um which was the more dual action hybrid pad yes and that's got a layer of neoprene beneath the foam between the backing amazingly i've actually seen this appear on other pads now yeah it was fizzer being one of them um but i was really impressed by that and i've had a chance to use it as well because i was so interested in it and it was actually it was surprising what it gave extra yeah, well, it's got a blend because you're a fan of thin pads in general, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. And so this more pad is is thicker, but it's not as thick as a conventional thick pad. And because of that layer of neoprene, which is sort of, can we use the word semi-rigid without it getting all sort of 
giggly. Awkward is the word, not giggly. Okay. You well, did a lot of vigorous rubbing to its rear end. Sorry. <laughs> I, I promise not to wink. Um, yeah, so kind of a semi-rigid backing on, on top. It, it, it adds that level of feel and control, which I know you like so much. Yeah. So um, I think by far the most innovative pad was the flexi pads, though. That was yes. mind-blowing. So the... Um, I don't know what page we're on because I didn't put any page numbers on this section. But yeah, flicking to the where the wool pads are, the wool mix flexi pads hybrid pad. That doesn't have a layer of foam between the abrasive material and the backing. It has. I don't. Know, how would you describe it? Carpro is something very similar to this. Well, though, don't I they? I wouldn't be. I don't want to get us in trouble, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Carpro pad was. Yeah, there's, a, there's only so many people pads. that make these pads. Mm. The yeah, world, and it is, it is identical. There is no... To look at, it's mm -hmm. identical. Um, but that's yeah, but brilliant because that's a microfiber and wool mix. Mm -hmm. So you get the cut and you get some of the finish as well. But it's it's the... The, um, the crosshatch really thin interface thing. Yeah, yeah it's almost like... A, did you ever watch Fraggle Rock? Oh, yeah. So do you remember the little clear plastic structures that the little people used to build? I was thinking more was the the stuff you throw away when you do a three D print. <laughs> yeah, the kind of That's the way style. Too for me. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Cures away. Basically, they're like little thin strands of rigid plastic, so it kind of gives you some movement, but not too much. Mm -hmm. What it does do, though, which is kind of where I'm most interested, is it eliminates the degradation of the foam. Because that's always a problem when using microfiber pads or even those denim pads from Osrin. Yeah, kind of fatigues. Yeah, the interface between the two, even on when we do wet sanding as well on the machines, the interface pad is foam and it'll always break down because that's it's dealing with that direction transfer of the DA action. Mm -hmm. It's like um, a, almost like a kind of a fixed clutch. Is that a, I mean, it sits in between the two. No, clutch is the wrong word. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, taking the brunt of the torque of the machine and transferring damper it. Damper it probably more like. Yeah. It's like a damper between the machine and the pad. Obviously, the softer the foam, the more shuffle you have, basically, between mm -hmm. the outer face and the inner face. But this is slightly more rigid, but still forgiving. So that was really, really cool. And that's what started the FlexiPad conversation. That's cool. And actually, because we've got, um, we break everything down into sections. So we've got sort of the wool pad, we've got foam pads and stuff. Um, and then we've got a kind of a, a section of specialist pads like denim and rayon. Um, but one of those specialist ones is also a clay pad. And we were mentioning earlier on in this podcast about, uh, we were wondering who else did clay pads. And that is an example of another clay pad, but I don't know who made that one. I think we got that from... I think that might be a car pro one actually. I think it could be. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe. I think it is. Yeah, cause yeah, I think that's one of the old slims. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was that was a really fun article, and it's one as I say, we don't cover everything, but we cover uh, the vast majority of the genres, should we say? Um, yeah, it was pad styles rather than any individual pads because yeah. it would be a whole we, magazine yeah, if we didn't we make didn't a model of every into, pad. It literally would. I mean, you've got heavy grade, closed cell, open cell. Mm -hmm. You know, if we went into Soft all cell. of that, holy cell. love. Yeah, holy, unholy. Um, it goes Blasphemic. on. Blasphemic. Blasphemic, yep. My favourite sort. Love it on single stage. Um, yeah, uh -huh. it was in, the other thing that was interesting was looking through the different types of wall pads as well. Yes, all the different blends of natural, yeah. synthetic, the, long um, and short. The Roots ones, that's mega. The mm -hmm. twisted wool. Yeah. It's like a proper, what I would say would be an old-fashioned pad, but it actually works. I think Ian used it on the Audi showcase. Yes. Um, with... 
Is that the one you tried with the Labo stuff? We definitely tried it with the Roop stuff because it was part of the test to do yeah. the systems. But that actually works really well with quite a lot of heavy cut compounds. He's aggressive though. Yeah. But yeah, it's that, really that, yeah, that was really good with the DA, wasn't it? No, you no, you, no, ended, no, you no, ended up fin- no you ended up finishing no, off that one. It was the um, Roots was course blue wool pad, which yeah. is in the it's at the bottom page of the wool pads one. That's my new favourite DA heavy cut pad, even though it's not supposed to be used on a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, second favourite, obviously, being the Swiss Doodle wool. We use that for everything now. Awesome pad. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah. Really good pad. Um, so but yeah, even the like the Lake Country foamed wool. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting as well because it's like a conventional wool pad, and then they they spray a synthetic sponge effectively into the fibers mm-hmm. to make them stand up. Yeah, it's it's kind of processed wool. In a yeah, way. the only problem you've got is once you used it twice, it's completely flat. <laughs> and I know that because I used to use them every on every job pretty much. You found you found a little mix though, didn't you, to bring back the wool pads? Um. Just the washing tricks you were playing about with. You ended up chucking uh, the microfiber. The oh, um, who's who microfiber washes it? The oh, the HD car care microfiber one, along with some white vinegar and something else you stuck in there as well. Yeah, white vinegar and microfiber Hashtag wash. Don't mix chemicals, kids. Yeah, don't mix chemicals. Yeah, no, don't not do cool. that. Um, but it was letting them dry and then brushing them with a stiff brush to return the pile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an old trick I learned back in the day when Rolls Royces had wool mats. <laughs> and we used to use back in the days when you wore cashmere jumpers. Yeah, we used to back use in the day when they let you in Rolls Royces. We used to use um, you know, the really sharp wire pet hair brushes. Mm-hmm. We used to comb the Rolls Royce mats with those so that they were like fresh merino wool. Mm. Um, Is this know, be- before they got turned into wash mitts? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Just don't take any photos with your hands on. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, Rolls Royce still have wool mats that you can lose yourself in, can't you? Oh, they're incredible. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm, I'm not allowed near them, uh, but and in Subarus we only get rubber. But um, either that or those weird sort of aftermarket carpet mats that have got strange inspirational quotes on them. <laughs> STI Technica International, the spirit of Japanese innovation with <laughs> gravel mixed with sunshine. I thought you were talking about the ones that were like a German Shepherd lives here. Oh, oh you get those too. <laughs> Welcome. A howling, howling wolf mats. As a brief aside, has anyone tempted by those quilted like mats? No, that, no, 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 they look terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are a bit oh, kitsch. But a bit. Well, they're very... I mean, that, that kind of styling worked for Spiker because Spiker are weird. That's yeah. true. I mean, you, uh, when you get a Spiker, you're effectively buying a road boat. Yes, it's like it's a reaver. It's like it, yeah. a reaver for the road, but with an interesting an Audi four point two forty valve V eight that they managed to get something. Sorry, you said interesting. Uh, yeah, it is interesting because they got more power. I'm thinking out of it than Audi reaver can. immediately as well. <laughs> no, no, go to I, Venice and then you. I, nice. I know, I know that what you're talking about when yeah. you say reaver. I'm thinking larder reaver. Like, did they have mats? Did they have floor pans in there? <laughs> what do you mean? Did you can still buy them? They're lovely. Not over here, you can't. Can't you? Well, not over here. No. No, they've taken them all back. Yes, of course, but they're all going through some... Po- I've watched old uh, Top no, Gear with bring Quentin them back Wilson. back on the warranty. No, no, send it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I watched an old Top Gear with Quentin Wilson. I think it must have been early oh, 90s or late 80s. Gear. Proper, proper Top Gear. gear. And he was, Can he... I speak to you for a minute about your warranty on your cat? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound like that. No, that was... <laughs> sounds more to- uh, What was his name? Tony... Uh, Tony Mason. Tony Mason. No, no, in the rally section. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love Tony Mason. I can't remember what Quentin Wilson actually sounds like because I only ever know sounds from like the warranty-wise adverts. No, it sounds like Bert. Oh, yeah, that's cheap. Oh, no, God, it's, that it sounds, sounds like a jag owner, sort of quite... He sounds like you. Quite fruity. No, Clarkson sounds like a jag owner. 
No, well, Clarkson's, Clarkson's like a supercharged Range Rover owner. Yes. Yeah. No, Quentin's Not that there's sort anything against greasy. supercharged Range Rovers. Just you know, Clarkson. You want to be a douchebag? Yeah. That's up to you. <laughs> I love Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, we've all, seen, we've all seen the posters. We've all read yeah. the magazine, Bert. We it's know what weird. you want to yeah. be. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. So, um, anyway, badge yes. removal. Badge removal is the next. So, in this one, we had, we were asking for suggestions and kind of observations about previous issues, and somebody piped up and said, we want more guides. And the thing is that. We had lots of guides, so it was a bit curious. We presumed he hadn't actually read the mag, but it turns out he was actually responding to an advert from Scouting Monthly. <laughs> oh, so, yes, awkward, but we did these anyway. Um, yeah, no, we did badge, badge removal because we found Soft 99 actually make an adhesive badge removal kit. Well, in, in that giant box of stuff, there's a, there's something for everything. Yes, I mean, I personally, I thought it was an assassination kit. Uh, I mean, I, it is. Anything's an assassination kit if you're good enough. Yeah, but this one felt like it was a, a cutthroat wire. What do you call them? Garot. A garot. Um, and it turns out... I, it's, I went it, there instantly. It's a garage, yeah. <laughs> Just happened to know that. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Bit up close and personal for my stuff. That'd be no good. It's not, it's um, not high enough weight. Yeah, well, you transfer too much DNA when you do it that way. Um, but anyway, the um, so Ian actually did this article, and there was some abuse of Audi, which we have mentioned in the previous podcast, I remember. Um, but my, uh, my car, which says 3.7 Quattro on the back of it, or did, now says hybrid, because we swapped it over. And that hybrid badge has Sorry, who swapped it over? fallen off. I was present... But you know me; I don't do manual labour. I was just playing with no, the dingo. Just... But there it... was some there were some uh, inaccuracies with who actually bought the hybrid badge. Well, yeah. Well, I got on eBay, didn't I? <laughs> but anyway. Well, the, the the upside is the hybrid badge covered all of the uh, the adhesive from the whoever super glued the Quattro badge on before. <laughs> so you know, happy endings and everything. And also that uh, yet another. Crazy Japanese oddity was the glue remover from yes. uh, from Soft Ninety Nine that Tasty came in that fantastic. kit. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah, it true. came in like a lip gloss. Not that I've ever used lip gloss, but mascara. I've heard. No, it's a mascara type thing. Well, you definitely use mascara. <laughs> Obviously. Do you think this just happen? <laughs> born this way. <laughs> but we we don't just talk about using the old uh, fishing line trick. We also talk about different things for different types of badges. So that all goes quite well. Um, Ian's taking his clothes off again. That's a sec. Oh my god! It's the second time he's done that oh, during he's, a podcast. He's knocking stuff over. Obviously, oh. we have to have a shout out for um, lug fit badges because BMWs. Right, a positive mm. shout out or a sort no, of not really, because I've dented many a bonnet trying to hook a badge off my own car. Well, to be fair, you dent BMW bonnets. I mean, I've witnessed you denting a BMW bonnet, and you weren't even going near the badge. Just dropping machine polishes. Well, all over that it. was a bit of a shady dig, wasn't it? But to be fair, that's, was a bit, that's but probably mostly down to um, body shops that decide rather than replace the lugs and uh, badges just to stick them on, as you can see on the front of the Z4 one that's on that. That was awful. <laughs> no, that's right, that's right. They've painted over yeah, the top. painted over the tape. <laughs> so someone's done that thought, ah, they'll never know. Just put a bit more paint over the top, it'll be fine. Spring clips, <laughs> favourite of uh, our friends over at Marinello. <laughs> Hateful what, little oh, things. Awful, awful. They either snap in half. Oh, they actually says in the article, hateful little things. Yeah. yeah. They well, either snap in half or they bend to the point that you can't use them again. And then you have to make that phone call to Ferrari and say, oh, do you have any spring clips in stock for the badge? And then they go, yes, we've got lots. It's like, oh, that's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> and then it becomes amazing what you can make out of an old Coke can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then bolt-ons, bolt-ons. Mm. I've oh. only ever, I think I've only ever worked on two cars with bolt-ons. Only ever had one bolt-on. Worst one for me was a Reliance Scimitar. Got me the back of the Scimitar because you have to Scimitars cut yourself on the fiberglass all the way through. So once all the fiberglass has got into your bloodstream, then you've got to deal with approximately an inch of turning space for a tiny socket. Beautiful. I think I had a 
I'm going to say 308, but it could have been a 328, and it was the Ferrari word Ferrari that was on, yeah. on the top of the tailgate. <laughs> and that was held on with two, I'm not even going to say they were 8 mils, they were like a 6.9 mil. <laughs> and they weren't even regular shapes, it looked like somebody in Italy had filed them out of a piece of steel well, and just drilled the hole because, in it. Yes. <laughs> and, and the other me. one was, um, funnily enough, the one that we featured, a Lotus, Il- a Lotus Ilan. Yeah, a Lotus Elan, not Ilan. an SE, an Elan, the early ones. The, the front-wheel drive ones, or the Mark One. No, the original Lotus The original, Elan. not the... Is it the M100? What's the one they call the front-wheel drive Lotus of the I've 90s? Never... Turnip edition? I don't know. No, you're thinking of it's Lotus Elan SE, but that wasn't front-wheel drive. They've never done a front-wheel drive. Yes, they have. I can... I, right, I will I will put this... They've never done a front-wheel drive that wasn't a Proton or Vauxhall. Yes, they have. Don't believe it. We'll have to okay. look it up. Yeah, it will. It had an Isuzu engine that's in the it. lotus elan se it's in the back and it was derived from the 1.7 diesel out of the voxels yes and they but it was front wheel drive it was rear wheel drive the engine wheel was drive. in the boot well that is a that is a fair <laughs> the point engine was, it was <laughs> <laughs> the engine was in the same place as an mgf oh what on a rusty Some tray say, half, halfway down the road <laughs> yeah halfway down the road steaming this is upsetting me it's the sort of thing that i kind of I, if I, that car is front wheel drive i'm gonna be extremely upset yeah okay well well because i don't think lotus should ever make front wheel drive cars no. Um, so yeah, that was the bad removal guide. The next one was awful. Oh, God, this polishing. was horrible. Glass polishing. Well, so I'm, I'm, we, I'm still searching lotuses, so you, yeah, you talk about that. A common topic within the online fraternity, she would call it, is people asking how to remove scratches from glass. And we always get loads of responses of people saying, oh, it's really easy. Just get X and X and X and just do this. So we decided, is it front wheel drive? It is front wheel drive. awful. Is the engine in the front, though? Yes. Yeah, they wouldn't have a mid-engine front wheel drive car, I don't think. Why not? Not even Lotus would do that. Um, yeah, no, it is. Sorry, uh, it's a bit of a bit of a sidetrack, but it's important to get these things right. Um, and yeah, it's so shocking. his thing. So yeah, the M100, which is the, the name for it, um, is 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 front wheel drive at though with the Isuzu um, engine seventeen hundred sixteen valve turbo. Well, it says here one point six twin cam uh, that was used in the Elan, but but you know I mean if you're going to make mistakes, it's probably best to make them all at the same time. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. it's a hateful car. You see, so I always thought forgive that. me for not caring, but I honestly thought yeah it was like the Ela- uh, Elise. I thought it was yes mid rear. Well, it's got such a wide rear end. You it would imagine, awful, and it's like narrow. What a disappointing car! Well, that's, I've seen at the time. I remember reports saying it was the best front-wheel drive car of all time. Well, or clearly, best they've never driven a Rover Tomcat Turbo, or to an, fair, or a I. Nissan Integra type uh, Nissan Honda, Honda Integra, Integra type, R. type R. I'd be with you on that. The eighteen hundred. Um, it's a good awesome. engine. Oh. 9,250 RPM, something oh, I can't remember ridiculously that. sexy. Irritating on track when you've got 170 horsepower Peugeot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, glass polishing, we decided... I'll, I'll hand over to Ian, because you did some pretty cool stuff to ruin the glass to start with, didn't you? I can't remember. I'm, I'm literally acid racking my brain from Oh yeah, that's right, we ordered that. Yeah, we yeah, ordered and we Ian went, cloth. <laughs> Ian went on his favourite Weekend we, Pursuits the, website the to buy strong acid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the glass is there. I don't need that much this time. <laughs> I, re- I remember going to to raid the scrappy for the po- for the polo. Um... Yes, we waited about twelve minutes and then asked for a bit of side glass with a sort of disappointed look. Um, oh yeah, we said, oh can, can we have a bit that bit of like, thing? Oh, we'll just get the 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 rear quarter axe. That'd be nicely. Just run a standing around it. And it's, oh, yeah. do you just want, want one I've got sitting right here? And just sort of stepped slightly to one side. 
<laughs> having me standing there with the hands in the pockets. Yeah. Oh, do you want this one? Yeah, yeah, fine then. Yeah, Let's have it. Yeah, no, we 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 we. What did we do? We we ruined we, it. We, 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 we ruined we, it in strips. Though. Ruined, yes, we left them, we, we left a virgin strip between yeah. each one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we used Saturday, uh, a glass etching acid to simulate sort of mineral deposits, and that's well, what. We, well, in fact, we used two because originally I, I was there. So you put one on, and then went off to make a cup of tea or something, and then decided to have a quick Google of the instructions how long you need to leave it on there, and it said something like no more than twenty seconds. So. <laughs> I, no, it was supposed to be no longer than a minute. So yeah, one one had ten minutes on there, so, <laughs> uh, but we did do one to, to spec. Yes, basically ended up looking like. One of those uh, engraved tankards that you saw at your grandmother's house. Yes, frosted, mm-hmm. fully frosted. And then we went out to it with a diamond uh, drill bit, which is you know, very common. You know, you're washing your car, you accidentally get a diamond-tipped drill bit in there. However, and glass. It, however, it is quite common for wedding rings and such to catch glass on cars. Yeah. Yep. Anyone got one of those? Nope. Uh, oh, nope. yeah. No, Danny has a ring with diamonds on it. But, okay. And she washes her own car. Right. Does she wear a... I wouldn't want you to use it for a mega test to scratch glass, though. No. It's my grandmother's. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say it was debatably bought off eBay. <laughs> Sorry, you, you, you mispronounced wish there. <laughs> Did you oh, get a free hunting knife? <laughs> I've got some three see-through underpants. <laughs> um, Heated. I bought my first gift like that from Argos. You remember when you could buy... Elizabeth Duke. Huh? Elizabeth Duke. Maybe. I, it was a long the, time the, ago. The jewellery counter Jilly Argos. <laughs> Jilly Cooper, Jilly Cooper. Jilly Cooper. Um, yeah, hey, um, yeah, Argos, you saw all that. Seconda watches, that was the thing, wasn't yes. it? And ro- rotary watches. Anyway, we're yeah. getting way off topic. Way off topic. That's yeah, not like us. Oh, yeah, we spoke to... Yeah, so we did oh, all hey, that. Look, we spoke you've, to... If you uh, turn Dave. over the page, it actually Dave. says what we did. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's remind ourselves. Um, we also... Dave Patterson was very helpful, so a big shout-out yes. and a thank you to him. Um, for taking the time to write such a handy sort of guide, and we've more or less copied it verbatim. Um, yeah, rayon's a funny, um, funny, stuff. funny material. Chewy. Did you yes. know? <laughs> did you know it's um, makes up a large majority of the strengthening part of car tires, rayon? Yes, I did because that's what Vedrestrian said in issue Who? five. Vedrestrian. Vredestein. Vredestein. I don't do. Fredestair is the easiest way to remember okay. it. Fredestair. Fredestair. That doesn't help me very much. Fred Astaire, famous singer. Yes, but now I'm just thinking of famous singer. I'm not thinking of tyres. No, I funny. had one of their tyres, my Hawkeye and Pretzer, and they were just terrible. The one. Yeah, just that's the, the prob- one. There's the problem. <laughs> it was so stiff, I only needed one tyre. Um, but um, the... <laughs> well, about your personal habits, thank you. <laughs> Driving down the road like a really small tripod. <laughs> it was like Citroen DS, but less so. Um, anyway, and he uh, yeah, Brown, because we did an issue all about tyres and Vedrestein or whoever um, helped us with that and they said it had rayon in and I googled rayon. So there we go. Um, but So thank you to um, Mr. Patterson and... As you can probably hear in the background, we do have the squeakiest table in the world for, for this edition. You won't do it now because you're trying to do it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no, that's pretty vigorous. Um, we also had some Varying grade. I don't. Where did Ian got them? Didn't he? Uh, of glass the... polishing sandpaper. sandpaper. Yes. yes. Now this is not the same as normal sanding. It's, it's not wet and dry. No, 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 it's far from it. Um, what an awful job! I wouldn't recommend it to any detailer to take on. Don't bother. <laughs> just go and get a window. It, it, it would have been fine if we'd at least put 
so many scratches in that it had hidden the original defect, but it didn't. It just enhanced the original oh, defects that we'd put so in with well. more scratching mm. that could then not be removed. We also need to ap- apologise to Rich as well, because we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich had a training the next day and we accidentally left his chair next to yes, it's got a splattered. glass it his panel chair. that we had a rotary with a very wet quartz polish on the pad that we were running at. Like if the if the polisher went to eleven, we had it on twelve. Of all days, I decided to turn up early. That was the wrong day to turn up early. Yeah, so sorry, Rich. Well. We didn't mean to cover your chair in white splatter. Also, <laughs> don't be such a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wind your neck in. Um, but yeah, that was some really hard work. I must admit, though, the the Nanolex the, did the Nanolex did actually do really good, much really good more than we were expecting as well because it sold as a preparation polish it's mm-hmm. not designed to actually get rid of defects it's done to clean well, that's the same same with all these the seri glass well people say oh yeah remove fine scratches it was made as a pre-clean for their coatings so whenever you see everyone online saying oh i've got a scratch on my my car what do i use the first thing you want to do oh get some seri glass on there it's not really what it's designed for and it anyway, might do something but don't expect it to and don't complain when it doesn't yeah. well, and think then that- with our frustrations we actually got some serum oxide powder yes. and threw it everywhere and put it all over the polish. And I've had that serum oxide powder sitting in the drawer for about eight years. Yeah. And that didn't really <laughs> work last either. Time I tried no, to Although I, I tell you what, I, I learned something fascinating. I think it was James who revealed it, which was that windscreen glass, because it's laminated, is actually softer, softer than side window glass. No, that was from the uh, Guild of Glass Polishing website. There is a national guild of glass polishers. Is, oh. is that like the Guild of Super Expert Detailers? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Detailing. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's I don't know if it's because we went too aggressive with the damage, but in fairness, we did actually try some existing defects that were on the glass. So yes. ones that were already on it, it had minimal to no yeah. effect. I mean if you can polish glass, then kudos to you because it is an extremely difficult job. Bottom line is a um, bottle of seri glass is what about fifteen twenty quid something like that. Yeah, right, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much how much milk is these days. Um, the sanding pads I think were another fiver on top of that. Uh, rayon pads another fiver on top of that. That will buy you a decent hammer. Yep. And with it, for another seventy quid you can replace it under your insurance. We wouldn't so. we wouldn't condone insurance fraud. But if a no. tree fell, I would and Fuck knocked em. one of your windows out. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. this is different with classic cars, and I think that's where a lot of guys use it because, yeah. okay, you know, if there's si- no other option, yeah, a side window for a five twelve BB or something is going to be an awful a million pounds. If you're going to replace it anyway, it's worth giving it a go to see if you can make it good enough. Yeah, and if 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 it's not working, and you're going to replace it anyway, see how hot you can get it before it explodes. Remarkably hot. We we got it some serious temperatures. Because we there. couldn't get it anywhere near, and it was the. If you have a look at the photograph on page forty-eight, we have there's a pad on the machine. Yeah. There was, and we had the heating on that day as well. It was like twenty odd degrees in the workshop, and the steam was pouring off that pad. Yeah, I mean, it was, you couldn't touch it. it was that we were hot. all vaping quite a lot as well? But it was definitely it was definitely coming from from the pad predominantly. Yeah. Um, but in, in summary, there is a guild of glass polishers. If you've got a real problem, give get them, them to a do shout. it. Yeah, just get yeah. them to do it. It's... Then it's their problem. It's no longer your problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's most important. In all and you'll probably find they won't even use a machine polisher. They'll do it by hand. 
No, I mean there, there are there are entire systems that you can buy, but really do need an entire system and a little bit of training, and it starts to finish. There's a place up in Glasgow that deals exclusively in glass polishing products, and I think um, I think I found them through Stuart from Flex because Flex are a supplier for them as well. Mm. And he's just going to have a chat with them. Looked on their website, and yes, there are there is a huge range of very specialist products. But every single time you see the video, you don't see it very close in afterwards just how effective it is so if it's just a case of you can polish it so it's effective a bit like a, a stone chip repair so it's effective five feet away or something yeah. like that mm. but yeah it's all fun it's all fun so next we are looking at the reality check and we started doing reality check a good sort of four or five issues ago and it's sort of picking on things that that, that uh, kind of the orthodox view we all take for granted but actually nobody's looked at it recently like we did uh, carbon breaks last time and that was fascinating um it, fun it's sort of it, i think it's it's based on hearsay isn't it yeah. people hear a snippet of a process or they hear a bit of information and there's no there's a lot of conclusions the, drawn from not enough information yeah there's not yeah. any sort of factual evidence given like don't use acid on ceramic breaks that's almost like an old wives' tale now, but well, we've looked into it and we, you know, we covered it in the last mag and we, we've things like that. Peanut butter on trims, we did. Uh, yes. John Delu helped out with that one, didn't he? Yeah, and all he gets mold. Yeah, <laughs> if, you leave, yeah, if you leave it in the back of a trailer for six months, oh, yes, God, you it do. <laughs> it tasted funny. Um, as but well. on the on the ceramic again, from from our point of view, it has to say that we tried it on a McLaren brake disc um, with a particular composition decided by McLaren or Brembo or somebody like that. Whereas it might, you know, and it didn't get heated up and cooled down, heated up yeah. and cooled down. So yeah, it's but. It, from how it was described, and again, think there were there's rumours down there. My tongue doesn't work. There's rumours abound about if you drop a uh, ceramic disc from a from a ramp height that it's going to shatter all over the floor. Absolute, it's going to cost five. It, absolute nonsense. What <laughs> that is? If you drop a sledgehammer on it, oh it doesn't God. break. We could not break it for love nor money. We have drill bits snap on it. Yeah, cutting discs snap. Um, if, you, if you haven't if you haven't seen the uh, the photo journey of that, do check out issue eleven. Yes. That was yeah. But again, another caveat before you throw your Ferrari or Porsche carbon break is that this happened to be on a McLaren carbon disc that seemed more or less invincible. Yes. So, so if you've got a Ferrari, don't use a McLaren disc on it. That's <laughs> that's one thing we can all take away from this. Yes. It's a nice um, wall to be in, isn't it? So reality check this time was on a biggie, and it was on ceramic coatings. Um, and and the, ma the maintenance, the ma maintenance of them. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was how you, to look after a car that's been ceramic coated, which is really important because a lot of the complaints that kind of I see coming through about ceramic coatings are things like water spotting and stuff like that, which can be avoided or at least minimised with correct uh, maintenance procedures. Yeah, there are inherent problems with ceramic coatings. Though. Let's yes. not get that wrong. Um, you... you there is a difference between etching and mineral deposits. That's yes. the first thing to say. So we're really sort of focusing on the fixable part mm -hmm. um, and the preventative measures. But the reason we came sort of onto this topic is because we've... Uh, G-Technic launched Platinum a, few, a couple of years back, which was uh, a genuine ceramic coating. Mm -hmm. And it was aimed at the... Um, New car protection and dealership market, yeah. effectively. Um, and since then, others have now started telling their own, like Superguard is now a ceramic. Mm -hmm. um, Matrix. Yeah, Altsmart Matrix has hit the scene. So we saw a lot of very experienced professional detailers having 
cars come to their workshop for regular maintenance that had had platinum applied. And we were seeing cars that were weeks old that had the signs of failed coatings. And it was announced by these detailers that the coatings had failed, which was terrible for the profile of G-Technic. However, that wasn't the case. We did our research into it, and it turns out that G-Technic platinum on its own is actually semi-hydrophobic. It's not supposed to bead. Yes. If they now give uh, C2V3 with the kits as the, the hydrophobic bead. topper. Yeah. Which is kind of um, a give the people what they want. Yeah, argument. it's not necessarily what they need, it's what they want. And it's to stop mm. detailers saying, oh, this coat you've coat and you've paid 600 quid for it, X dealership has failed, because it hasn't. It's still there. It's still doing the job that they wanted it to do. It's a bit like foaming shampoos. You don't need a shampoo to it doesn't have need lots to be of bubbles no. to, to, exactly to perform as a degreaser. It's just, that's what people expect because of the fairy adverts of the 70s, etc. Yeah, and I was actually talking to Robert Chitek about um, the kind of hydrophobic, hydrophilic side. And he said for the marine coatings, which they do now, um, they you don't want hydrophobic because it ends up you make lines where the where the um, water sits. And so, so you actually the, want it hydrophilic instead. The strongest coating we could ever wish for within the detailing industry. Super hydrophilic. Super well. hydrophilic. Because that means that there is always going to be a layer between the contamination and the paintwork. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's possible to have that in real life. But hydrophilic coatings are much more hard-wearing than hydrophobic. Mm -hmm. And they're much less susceptible to damage as well. Like, incredibly hard-wearing. I wonder Um, how that affects their slickness, because slickness is another important attribute. Well, if you remember back to the... um, like polymer coatings, I'll make reference to nanolakes because that's what we always use. And they used to have um, nanolex professional was probably the, the or nanolex ultra paint sealant <clears throat> was the one that we always used to use. And that was original nanotech that used the Lotus effect. Mm-hmm. So it was a polymeric sealant and it would effectively grow nanoscopic fingers on the surface, mm-hmm. which would keep the dirt from bonding but it gave the paintwork drag. So that, when you wash the car, it's that's, sheeted. That's the first time in, a, in quite a long time I've heard them described as the, the fingers. That's exactly mm. the same as I heard from a company called Nanotol, a German company as well, back yep. in about 2012, 2011, they tried to launch over here. Yeah. And they, they use that exact um, uh, that phraseology as well. So you, you have these nano fingers. Yeah. Pointing up, it's, it, it just sort of caught me out though. Not well, the, the, so long. The easiest way to the easiest way to demonstrate it is if um, if you get a brand new piece of carpet, where all the fibers are perfectly mm-hmm. stood mm-hmm. up, and if you get a dropper and drop water on it, it'll sit on top of the fibers. Yeah, well, it's like it's like a reverse of the uh, the wa- the water skaters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How, how, how they yeah. stand on the water effectively? They've got such low surface tension because it's just spread yeah, out across these little points. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they gave drag to the surface effectively, um, but again, it's it's the problem we have with ceramic, and we'll get into the article now. Is that the customer is expecting what the detailer wants from yes. these coatings? Your customer ideally will want something that's easy to clean, stay glossy, and protect the car from scratches or whatever contamination. Ceramic coatings aren't actually that great in general for what we're looking at they're incredibly they're they're very good at um, resisting chemical attack but that's just one part of what Mm -hmm. a car goes through um and the problem we've got is we've we've now we're now seeing 
we'll say expensive, but top-end ceramic coatings, losing hydrophobicity or beading over a period of time. And the if the customer's happy to go ahead, the detailers are redoing the whole car and they're paying another £1,000, £1,200 to have it redone. When in reality, there's actually maintenance that can reactivate those co- we'll say reactivate it's not the right phrase but it can rejuvenate the mm-hmm. the coatings and put them back to where they were basically unclog the fingers well that's it well it's different with the ceramics because it's it's um ceramic coatings are porous it sounds it doesn't make sense when you think about it but they're porous because they dry from the inside out mm-hmm. so they effectively I was going to say, it's more, it's more, Sorry, like, outside. It's more it, like follicles than having pores, really, isn't it? Because a pore would indicate that it all is permeable, whereas it's actually more what you'd get if you, if you pulled a hair out. You've got that cavity. Yeah, so but you've like, effectively got small divots on the surface. Divots, pits, pits. Oh, I want to play golf. Divot. Oh, I love golf. I remember when we could I go out and play golf. golf. I remember we could go outside. Oh, those are good times. Um, what happens is you get, um, over, oh, and I will say this, over a long period of time, in areas of hard water, because they're the two key factors, mineral deposits will fill in those pores effectively and that they will stop the surface being hydrophobic. It will then become hydrophilic or semi-hydrophilic. So we've gone into the pre-wash process. We spoke to, in my opinion, two of the, I'll say accessible, but two of our most informed um contacts about yeah. ceramic coatings one of them being ricardo at um labo cosmetica who yeah. after working with uh, the other guy for you know speaking to him for so so many years mm-hmm. ricardo is the only other person that i've come across that is clued up on how they work how they're made what they do um the other person we spoke to was andreas at nanolex and he's the head of r&d creates all the products um and we spoke to them and said you know what what would you say would be the most straightforward way to describe good maintenance for ceramic coatings um amazingly washing it (laughs) yeah just basic washing was their answer and it was to make sure that you're using products that aren't leaving anything behind because that's the biggest problem I mean, a lot of the yeah. problem is that these are sold to people with the phrase of no maintenance or maintenance yeah, free low maintenance, maintenance all that no. business it's nonsense give it some maintenance and it will last you a hell of a long time give it no maintenance and you're not going to see any benefits but it needs to be good maintenance and that's the problem here you know a, a waxed car it's very easy to inform a customer how to look after a waxed car mm-hmm. don't use this do use that ceramic coating is much more involved you know, you have to be very careful on what you're using and you have to look for information about the products you're using and it's information that Isn't people on the don't the want you to know. Yeah, it's not on the bottle. That's the difficult thing. So the pre-wash products, we're going to quickly. Um, the one that I used to use that Andreas designed is completely residue free. That means that once you've rinsed it off the vehicle, it's rinsed off the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So there are no gloss enhancers and stuff uh, like that. Like that. And the problem you have with a lot of pre-wash products is that and, and at this current time in the market, it is flooded with white-labeled products. Mm-hmm. And those white-labeled products are produced at a certain price point so that the original manufacturer can make money. Then the people buying that product from that manufacturer can label it as their own 
and yep. they can still make money through a reseller or even distribution and the reseller needs to make yeah. money it goes so on and on for so, every 10 pounds you spend on a retail product it's quite possible the product costs less than a quid to manufacture exactly that and the problem is with pre-washed products that cost a quid let's say is that the surfactants are going to have to be cheap mm-hmm. that doesn't mean the low quality it just means that they're or something's going to have to be watered down somewhere along the line. Well, it's not. It's, it's yeah. So it's either it's either low in concentration, low in concentration, or they use cheaper surfactants. So cheaper surfactants, and the surfactant is effectively the lubricant which goes between the dirt and the surface to get it off. Yeah, we did chemistry corner on surfactants or detergents a couple of issues ago. So read that because we're ionic, non-ionic, etc. Yeah. Um, so the cheaper surfactants cling to the surface. Um, because it's easier to a cheaper surfactant is more like an oil so it's harder to wash it off the surface than it is a more expensive one which is more like an alcohol or something like that um so yeah trying to find a pre-wash product that's residue free that's the first step uh wash shampoo was pretty simple like ian said they both said ph neutral is great mm-hmm. if you can use ph neutral residue free all that business um lsps there are Sorry, within the wash process, this is how we got onto this, is Labo Cosmetica have... Primus. 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 Purifica. 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 Yeah. There we go. <laughs> They're Primus well, too. Have, but... We'll have to apologize. There is a Primus. Primus is their free wash. That's though. their pre-wash, yeah. which is residue free from memory as well. I think cool. it is, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I haven't washed a car in like two months. I don't even, I, I don't, I don't I don't even know, know how to detail anymore. <laughs> Not that I did. I tripped um, over a polisher earlier. I was wondering what it was. <laughs> so they and they they have a pH system, don't they? pH one, the three two, and pH, three. Yeah. three pH. Yeah, three pH thing. So um, their Purifica shampoo um, is slightly acidic, and the reason and you use a lot of it as well. Mm, yes, um, so I think it was three hundred and fifty mil, four hundred mil for a twenty five liter bucket. Yeah, which is half a bottle. Yeah. And it's not cheap. No. Now, when we spoke to Ricardo, he said that's because it is only supposed to be used once the mineral deposits have had time to build up, which can take a year, two years. So you need to do it once a year or once every two years. And what the acid does is it actually breaks down the mineral deposits and then it opens up those active sites again and it can actually... It's hydrophobic again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LSPs, the... the we had a look into the LSPs, and there are so many LSPs that are around for ceramic coatings, but we have to just remember that an LSP is only ever going to sit on top. Yeah. A ceramic coating is supposed to repel everything you throw at it. So if you're putting something on top of a ceramic coating, it's never going to bond to it because it's designed to repel everything, including itself. What's your interpretation of LSPs that are marketed specifically as toppers for ceramic coatings well they are exactly that they're a topper yeah they've got they've got the um they've got the place in the short term between coating and full cure yeah mm-hmm. but that, the question that they're yeah so we we have things like reload for example when you put a car pro on so one of the biggest problems like for a pro detailer that's applying ceramic coatings one of the biggest problems is damage between application and the first seven day period and you have to point out as well that there is a big difference between drying effectively or that short cure and full cure yeah it's like painting a car when you paint a car it's touch dry it's you can wet sand it you can polish it 
it's going to take three months before that paint's fully cured. Um, same with ceramic coatings. It takes up around seven days. The only difference are differences are the ones that are infrared cured because you're effectively forcing that process to go further along the way, but they'll still take a few days to do. Mm-hmm. Or if you're living in a country that actually has palpable sunlight for yeah, at least yeah. some of the year. Yeah, or humid. The, di- the difference between coatings in this country and Greece, oh, for example. Awful. I mean, it was bad enough for CarPro to release a UK version of their ceramic. Mm-hmm. That's how bad our climate is. The guys in Malaysia, they were putting nanolake ceramic coatings on, or sure. South Korea, and they were fully cured in like six hours because it was... <laughs> 80% humidity and 38, 40 degrees. So that humidity helps push the process along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the products that we would apply straight after a ceramic coating going on, you do the initial overnight cure, and then we'd put a topper on it, which was effectively like putting bubble wrap on it. It was yeah. just giving it a seven temporary. days yeah. of breathing space to not have etching, watermarks, anything like that. Because in those first seven days, you can, all the claims of a ceramic coating of what it will do, they don't count in the first seven days. You can chemically etch it, you can scratch it, you can do all sorts. So we used to have these toppers. Um, Ours was called SI Finish. And it was just like a, almost like a quick detailer. Yep. Um, The only difference is Exo, I think, because that's uh, more... Exo is a sort of secondary coating in its own right. Yeah. 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 But you can use Exo on its own. So it's not, it can't bond to the ceramic because once that ceramic's cured, you physically can't bond to it. But it cures itself as another layer on top. Yeah. So their equipment would be C2V3, would be their kind of immediate. That's thing. like, yeah, that's like, the so like we said with the platinum, wrap. and that's like yep. the immediate one to put on it to keep it protected yep. for the, and that actually lasts about three months. Yeah. Um, but there's loads of other stuff like wet coats, wash coats, foam coats, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. They're great because they're a very temporary barrier that go over the top. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting article, but it's all listed in the It's all in there. Yeah, we don't want to give everything away. Um, then we the next article was an interesting one. We, in issue 11, um, got some products over from... Uh, from Malaysia, I want to say Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, Osram. Osram, yeah. yeah. And uh, one of them was a, a compound specifically designed for orange peel rectification or removal or reduction. Um, and we didn't have a time to test it for, for 11, so we did a specific article on it in 12. We actually saw a video on it, didn't we? Yes. We saw a video on Facebook. And it yeah, was like, no, that looks interesting. I think I pinged that over to you immediately. I was like, eh, really? That's... So it's like, right, send us yeah. some of this. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see it. Prove um, it. So the pigeon dropped off that, and and a pad specifically for the purpose, didn't it? As Several well. types of pad. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a large range of pads. Yeah, and it was um well uh, the, the we tried it on Ian's little MG love child that he's he's been squandering. I think love's a little bit excessive. Well, I saw what you were doing to it. Romantic I mean, if child. It, if it ain't love, it's lust. Um, and it's out of action at the minute because you're yeah, not allowed for- to do mobile hairdressing. <laughs> Can I just point out that lust child is not a phrase I ever read. That was Bert's online gamer tag for a bit. <laughs> no, it was Beinstein69. That's yeah, what anyway. their teacher nicknamed him. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy toy. Okay, well, moving on rapidly, you Should did a lot of vigorous up. rubbing to its rear end. And you did actually, you, you made some serious headway in terms the MG, of the orange yeah. peel. Yeah. It was yeah, incredible stuff. Really impressed with it. Mm. We were quite the claims, the claims of clear coat softeners and things like that, we were like, yeah, okay, right, you put some silly thinners in it or something. Yeah. But no, genuinely, 
epic stuff. Yeah, really good. And a genuine alternative to wet sanding. Time-wise, time we're not sure it's a time saver, but it is a process equipment sundries accessory saver. Mm-hmm. So whereas normally we'd have to sand it by hand, wet sand it, and then we'd get the DA sander out with a DA pad on it, and then we'd get the rotary out, and then we'd get the DA polisher out. You could just go on with one of these. It was the velvet pad was the one that we used that was really... I do think a, a massive amount of uh, the effect it had came from that compound. Though. Yeah, I, think like you, I think you tried that with, mm. with a spizzer pad, didn't you? Yes, I did actually. So we were trying to work out how much of it was polish, how much of it was pad. Mm-hmm. And I tried it on... Was it a wall pad? I can't okay. remember. It might have been a twisted wall pad. Oh no, was it, was it a... Do- might have been a doodle, the Swiss doodle. Um, so we used the leveling compound on a generic or on another brand's wool pad, and it did actually knock seventy percent of the peel off. Yeah. Um, and the, and the back of the TF was ridiculously orange peel because it had been painted with a potato. No, it was <laughs> like it was it was almost like rattle can finish, wasn't it? Rattle can would have been an improvement. <laughs> I think it just had TF printed in braille over it repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good stuff. The only thing I would say though is that temperature temperature monitoring on that was absolutely critical. I thought I was going to say sketchy at best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely critical. And if you're not confident on how good that paint is, we uh, especially doing that on a plastic bumper. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I don't know why we did a plastic one, but it looked great. Um, it looked better. Great compared to how it was. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was it was really good fun to use that. And then we go into a bit about sanding as well, um, which is it's all in there and it sort of explains Yeah, it's sort of an intro guide. It's not a it's not a um step by step per se. Infomercial without the <laughs> a, a good short. place a good place to start with some information if you're thinking of starting wet sanding yeah. or giving it a go. Yeah. 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 So that brings us, strange enough, on to Chemistry Corner. And we, uh, in the last issue, issue 11, um, we did heavy cut compounds as our mega test. And we really, I mean, we did go into some quite some detail on that, uh, but we felt there was still more to be said. So uh, we put together the Chemistry Corner for uh, issue 12, and it's all about compounds. Um, and I believe this was another of James's James's efforts. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it... For us, it was. Um, it started with, like you say, it started with a mega test, and it was. I think it was instigated by the fact that there was a bit of, not I wouldn't say miscommunication, but there was a bit of misunderstanding about what we said about some of the polishes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I asked if Cartec was solvent based. Uh, solvent based. Solvent based. Yeah. Um, not the company. The, the we know they're solvent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the comp- they're, the comp- they're not insolvent. From the smell, I asked if it was solvent-based. We weren't saying it was. We just said it, it was very it much a question. Yeah, it was a question. It had a question mark on the end. It was quite obvious it was a question. Anyway, um, but that sort of triggered us into this sort of investigative mode with polishes because it's quite. There are no polishes that are specifically marketed as solvent based there are a lot that are sold as water based and some silicon is, free yeah. silicon free is the one that they like to use the most especially companies like cartech who supply a lot of body shops yeah. um 3m so it, it sort of pushed us into looking at some of the 
ingredients used within these polishes. And I think the biggest alarm bell really is is the amount of hydrocarbons that are used. And when we say hydrocarbons, we mean aromatic solvents, alkanes, petroleum distillates. Naphthas. Naphthas. Now, naphthas, an absolute oh, killer. I, can't, I think over the last three issues... The amount of naphtha that we've seen, because we've started looking into these a lot more mm. recently, the amount of naphtha that's used in this industry is really uncomfortable. Well, about 90% of the glazes we did in this mega test had naphtha in them. Oh, I went crazy. through the SDSs and those, it was scary, some of them. And some of the ones that looked the most user-friendly, almost like non-toxic kind of for kids almost, in a way, in terms of their brand, uh, had some of the scariest amounts of products in. Whereas other ones, like, say, Autosmart, which looks very, you know, trade, commercial, hardcore, was actually far more, uh, well, far less toxic, should we say, than, than other more colourful home user brands. Yeah, and we've we've the other thing to consider as well is a lot of these, a lot of the representatives of these brands, should we say, or resellers, they talk about water-based products and how they can't contain solvents because solvents don't mix with water. Hmm. The reason machine polish is so expensive to make is because it's a very complex emulsion. And for those who aren't aware, an emulsion is mixing something oil-based with something water-based, and then suspend. You can then suspend things. Spilling it on your boot carpet. The, mm-hmm. Then spilling it on your boot carpet. <laughs> yeah, walking it into your lounge. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a suspension. So they're really expensive to make, and they're really expensive to get correct. Um, but the fact that it's emulsion basically tells us that it's oil mixed with water. And those oils are naphthas, paraffins, all that business. Um, and the other thing to note as well is the ones that claim to be water-based, <clears throat> the parameters in which the ingredients were listed, mm-hmm. they could have been... <coughs> up to X percentage. Yeah, it's up to this amount or as little as this amount. But we we calculated that some of them that say they're water-based, if you use the maximum parameters of every one, it would make them 50.01% water Yes, and about 120% and, overall. And 49.999% mm. hydrocarbons. Which is... Yeah, it basically... It, it's kind of a bit of a... Um, it's a dodge. It's it's following, it is, it's following the rules exactly. Yeah, it is a dodge. So I mean, I, I, can't, I, think, I think it was either toluene or naphtha that's a restricted import. Because for years, that's why they had so many problems importing... And why is it so expensive to import plastic dip yeah. into the country? Because toluene and naphtha are the the, th- the thinning agents for, for Well, those. toluene, I remember back in the old casking days, we had to discontinue a product because it had toluene, a kind of a tar remover, I think, and it had too much in it, and it didn't meet regs, so we just had to cancel it there and then. And toluene's massive carcinogen effect. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. not good. I mean, I, I tend, if you mix it with coke, it's a bit easier. Um, but because most of the enes are pretty bad for you, because yes. xylene is, I'm pretty sure that, most tar removers are almost entirely xylene. Yes. And it was banned from marker pens because it was that unhealthy. Yeah. Yet we have detailers that are happily spraying it yeah. right in front of them, breathing it in. Mm-hmm. Well, CFCs. That thing that still contains CFCs. Yeah. It's just they're not in fridges anymore, so that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, this article's really interesting. I would recommend reading it, though, because it would take us hours to go through it all. And it does go into a little bit more on uh, on SDS information on the other side. Yes, yeah, so, well, CLP SDS as well. Sheet. Yes. Material SDS sheets. Material Man- MSDS sheets. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> there is one thing that I'll have to mention. The old has labels that we used to have on polish, the polishes that we use currently would have a skull and crossbones on. Because of toxicity. Which is fairly obvious. You want to avoid things that have got skull and crossbones. Yeah, unless like Pirates you of the Caribbean, I learned all about that stuff. You know, it scares the F out of you when you see it on a bottle. Yeah. You think, you know, I need to look at this. Now we've got this, like, Tony Stark symbol. I don't even know what it is. It's a man with a firework in his chest. Yes. Um, Which starfish like attack. Could actually, doesn't look nearly as threatening. In fact, some of I, I regard that potentially as a bit of a thrill. Some, a somewhere in the world, a committee has been formed, and this is the output. And as usual, committees are shit. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But that's replaced the skull and crossbones. That's serious health hazard. Now, if you, it, the, the thing it, it's almost as if it's been numbed down how dangerous these products are. Which mm-hmm. I suspect is chemical lobbying. Yeah, I would imagine so, because people don't want to see a skull and crossbones on a product they're trying to sell. It's the opposite of the stuff how- they used to put in fag packets. It's the chemical company saying, no, no, see, our, our chemicals don't actually remove the flesh from your body. So technically, a skull yeah. is uh, defamatory. Yeah, and it doesn't actually do that unless you drink them. No, exactly. Or so, use them. Corrosive, though. Or a sticking with a test tube, burning a hole in your arm. We're <laughs> sticking with that. Now, now you've got oxidizers, which um, look like there's gonna, they're going to perform a Hadouken. Yeah, or uh, Evil Knievel's on his way up a ramp for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, um, we go into the health concerns as well because I think that's a big part of machine polish. It's one of the silent killers, in my opinion. Right. At this point, I think we've uh, dragged on far enough for part one, so we'll wrap it up and carry on in part two afterwards. That sounds like a jolly good plan. We will join you all very, very shortly.